Hey everybody, my name is Danny Dumas and this is the Earn Your Title Podcast. My goal is to give you world-class advice from leaders in their field and to give you actionable things that you can do on a daily basis to make you a better husband, father, and leader. Today I'm really excited. I've got uh, 10 things and maybe a bonus uh, at the end of things that I do that just help me be prepared for emergencies. And most of these are mindset things. For many of you, maybe these are things you already do, but I would encourage you to, if you're a father, uh, to, to teach these things. So what are they? Well, we're going to start off with um, something that is very uh, 2024, and that is to make sure that you and your kids have a fully charged cell phone. I have an interesting story. My sister on Christmas Eve, I believe it was, she uh, got in an accident, or she slid off the road, and her battery and her phone was dead, and we had no idea where she was at. We didn't know what happened to her. We're literally calling friends of ours that were police officers. Hey, has anybody been reported in an accident? Is anybody at the hospital? Like we, for hours and hours, we didn't know where she was at. It was cold. It was winter. And she had my niece who was just a baby at the time. A simple thing of before you leave the house, make sure your phone is charged, you know? And I think as, uh, as fathers, you would think, I would have thought, with as much as my teenagers love their phones, like it is connected to their body, that having it charged at all times would be important. But I can tell you, it's not. <laughs> They're constantly, God, my phone's almost dead. I'm like, how is your phone almost dead other than you use it constantly? So step one, the very one of the most important things you can do is to have a fully charged cell phone. That's number one. Number two, have $20 on you. $20 in cold, hard cash, not on your uh, wallet, in your car, in your, uh, in your phone, actually having cash with you. Cash solves a lot of problems. And maybe with inflation, I should add, uh, maybe make it $50, but $20 seems to be a good place to start. But yeah, just have some money, actually have cash. Um, in addition to um, making, you know, just kind of solving some of the problems, running out of gas, you know, needing a favor from a stranger, you know, being able to give them 20 bucks or something like that. It's just that peace of mind. And, and what me and my wife have been doing recently is we've been using cash for the, uh, the, the expenses in our life, uh, that, you know, that you can use cash for like groceries and clothing and things like that. And it really helps not to spend too much money, but number two is have cash, have cash on hand. I think that is important. Number three, this is a uh, this is an important one. Goes back to the phone. Is I uh, will not let my kids walk and text at the same time. They're not going to be walking into the mall looking at their phone. Or I shouldn't say that. I'm I'm trying to teach them not to. Now they do consistently. They will look at their phone, and I'm trying to relay the message that hey, you have all this time in the world to look at your phone when you're walking anywhere. <laughs> Don't text. If, if you get a text, stop. Get out of the way of people if you're at the mall. And then and look at the text and send a text, but don't walk and text. And this just really comes down to what the overarching you know, idea behind these 10 things is just being observant, being aware of what the world is around you. And it's really easy to get sucked into technology. You know, it happens to me, it happens to, you know, lots of people that you get sucked in, but don't text. We probably can, a better statement would be, don't be moving and texting, meaning don't drive and text. I think we are all guilty of that. Now I think, I know. Even you could be just absolutely, totally against it. Someone sends you a text, you at least are looking at it. And as a parent, we need to set the example. Don't text and drive, please. And I'm, t I'm talking to myself. Danny, 
I'm looking at you. Don't do that. And I have, and that is the wrong example to set. It's, and it's really dangerous. I mean, distracted driving is a huge problem in the United States, probably the world, but just don't, don't text and drive. And that brings me to number four, talking about driving. When you're driving, so maybe you've got kids that are older, I highly encourage you, whenever you go to a big public place like the mall or the grocery store or somewhere where there's lots of people, to back into a parking spot or to be able to pull through. Basically, I want you to be able, when you want to leave, I want you to be able to drive straight. Why is that important? Uh, I'm going to mention this uh, YouTube channel a few times, but there's a YouTube channel called The Act of Self-Protection. And if you at all want to increase your mindset on being prepared for bad people to do bad things to you, this is the website. He finds um, violent encounters from all over the world, and they show them to you, uh, and then they break them down as, you know, what went wrong, what could you have done, and how do you prevent that, avoid that, or stop it once it's happening. Amen. And he would call, like, getting into your car, getting out of your car, going into a business, out of a business. He calls it a transitional space. And transitional spaces are dangerous. When you're moving from someplace you're comfortable with to someplace you're not, that is a chance for bad people to do bad things. For instance, if someone wanted to steal your car, it's a much better opportunity when you just open the door. Now the car is open. They know you have the keys. That is going to, when they're going to, the time, the time their attack to take you at that transitional space. So anytime we're in a transitional space, we want to limit the amount of time we're in there. And if you pull straight into a parking spot, you get in, put your seatbelt on, you look back, you slowly back away. That's transitional space. We want to limit the amount of time we have in transitional spaces. So this could be, it could be your garage. Now, I'm, I'm thankful I live in a rural uh, community. I'm not too worried about, you know, bad guys doing bad things at my house. But backing in, if you were to open the door and some bad guy's there with a gun or a machete or maybe it's a, you know, psycho clown, it's way easier. We're way more comfortable driving aggressively forward than we are backwards. Anytime you're going to be driving backwards, you're going to be hesitant, worrying about hitting things. And in reality, if this was happening, don't worry about hitting things unless you're going to get stuck. You know, if you had to smash into a car, it is what it is. But without training, we're, you know, we're probably not going to do that. We're always going to be more cautious. So back into parking lots, back into your garage so that when you have to leave, you're in that transitional space, you have the ability to take off and drive like you know how to do, which is forward. We're good at driving forward. That is number four. And number five, and this is uh, another car one, is don't let you get your car get below three quarters of a tank of gas. So once you get down to a quarter tank of gas, fill it up. And this, uh, I was, I, I was never, I've only run out of gas one time, and I had gotten a new car, and I just didn't realize when it said E, it meant it. <laughs> like there was no like, yeah, it's E, but you got like 40, 50 more miles. No, E was you're out of gas. And I actually ran out of gas coasting into a gas station right to the pump. I was so excited, but it was late at night and they were closed. I was devastated. I was literally at the pump out of gas. So it's happened to me one time. I feel everyone gets once, but once you become a like full grown adult, however old that is for you, that's probably something that we shouldn't be doing anymore. But what I've done to overcome this is to, uh, when my car gets below a half tank and it's around Mondays, I like to fill up on Mondays. So I just, even if I'm, you know, and I like to fill up when I'm not, when I'm not rushed, you know, there's sometimes you're coming home from work or you're going to work and you just, you got plenty of time fill up then as opposed to like waiting to you, you have to, 
then you can't choose if that's a good or bad time. You have to fill up. So I would encourage you to fill up. Now, I just had a, a unique experience. Uh, my, one of my elementary school teachers was at the hospital. She's sick. And she taught me, she taught all three of my sisters, and she's taught two of my kids, just a sweet lady. And I wanted to see her, so I went up to the hospital, and for some reason, her husband was there, and they've been married for 56 years. And for some reason, we talked about pumping gas, and I don't know where that came from. And her husband meant, yeah, she doesn't know how to do that. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, she's never had to. And I thought, what a husband flex. Like, he is, that is a flex. His wife has never had to pump gas. Now, that is awesome. What a goal to, uh, to aspire to that you are so thoughtful of your spouse that you could say, I'm not going to make her get out and, and do that job. I'm going to take her car on a Saturday when she doesn't got nothing going on and just fill her car up. So it is, it always has gas on it. When you, if you have a little girl, man, spoil her, go fill her car up with gas. Now, this this is probably very sexist, but I need my son to learn how to become a man, and he needs to learn how to do the hard things. I'm probably not going to do that for him, but for my daughter and my wife to make sure that they're not in a vulnerable place, because you know, uh, a one woman by herself pumping gas—that's a vulnerable spot to be in. So why put them in that spot? Go go fill up their car. Don't ever let that car get below a half tank or three quarters of a tank. That's something we can do as men. And what a flex to go. Yeah, my wife she doesn't uh, she doesn't pump gas. She doesn't even know how to because that's something I take care of. And I think we've we've lost that. And and I think some of it is to blame. Like feminism is to blame a little bit where you know femi- uh, women are independent. They don't need a man. They don't need they don't. And while I think that's true for a lot of things. It doesn't make it wrong for a man to take care of the woman that he loves. I feel like that is extreme manliness. Like, you know what? I love you so much. I don't mind being out in the cold. I'm not in danger when I'm doing this, or at least I'm not in as much danger by being outside in the dark at a bad gas station, you know, in the middle of the night. I'm going to do that for you. So don't let your car get below uh, three quarters of a tank of gas. Number six, and this is something I've tried to teach to my, my daughters, and it is in today's day and age, no one needs to know what time it is. Now, what do I mean by that? There have been people that have like come and asked me for money or, you know, maybe they're aggressively panhandling, um, not necessarily that they're about to create violence, but they, hey man, hey, I can't, let me ask you a question. They, they, and they close the distance. They ask permission to ask a question. So they close this distance. They get close and like, hey, you know what time it is? And then when you answer, now you're, you're, you're engaged Hey man, you think you could help me with this? I lost my job, blah, blah, blah. And now all that might be true. And I'm not saying to not be a generous person. I'm saying don't let a stranger cover, close that distance and get close to you for no reason. They, they do not need to know the time. Everybody has a phone. Most people have watches. It's not that important. So I've told my daughter, who is a sweet, my middle, my middle daughter, she is a sweet person. She is a kind, caring person. And I've told her, this is a time where I want you to be rude. Sir, I don't know. You're making me feel uncomfortable. Stay right there. I'll, I'll give you the time. Just stay back there. Like be, I don't want to say mean, but be mean. Be assertive. No, I, stay back. You're making me feel uncomfortable. And then you back away from them. There is no good reason why a man would approach a woman, especially a single woman, in, in a situation where you're walking in the parking lot. You know, obviously, I'm for men approaching women, and you know, if they think they're pretty and the, at a party, things like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you're in a transitional space. You're walking from your the grocery store to your car, and some random dude walks up and says, "Hey, can I ask you a question?" The answer is no. No, you can't. 
sorry, I don't want to be rude, but don't get close to me. I feel uncomfortable. And I think that a criminal is looking for a someone who is vulnerable, someone who is not going to put up a fight, someone who's got their head down looking at their phone. And I think if you can just be a serve, hey, there's lots of people out there. I'm not going to pick on this person. So don't let people ask you what time it is. And if they do, it's from a long ways away. And this is a time to be assertive. You're not being mean. You're not being rude. You're being assertive. Sir, stand back. I don't feel comfortable. Could you just stand back? And I think I think that's an important one. So um, number six, uh, don't, let, don't let people ask you for what time it is. That's just not important. Number seven, find every exit. Find every exit. A game I like to play with my kids is we go to a movie theater, and I said, hey, if you had to leave right now, how would you do it? Um, I'd go that way. Why is this important? To figure out the alternate exit exits. Most people in an emergency will leave the way they came in. There is a uh, there is a concert video. Uh, I believe the band was White Snake or White something. It's a it's a hair band from the eighties, and they have some fireworks in this small nightclub. Lights up the interior furnishings. Uh, fire starts and everybody exits the way they came in. 200, 300 people, and they get jammed up at the door. There were two exits. If they would have went straight forward towards the stage and a little bit towards the fire, they would have got out no problem. These people stacked up, and I think 70 people died. They just literally jammed themselves into this exit, this two-door exit, and they died. Why did they do that? They did that because the way you come in to a building is usually the way you will leave, and it doesn't have to be that way. According to fire code, there has to be multiple ways out of a building. You know, even in a house, the reason bedrooms have windows is so there was more than one way out. If you build a bedroom in a basement and you don't have a window, it's not a bedroom. You can't call it a bedroom because you have to have more than one way out. So just play a game with kids. Hey, if we had to leave right now, how would we get out? Which way? Realize that you're at a restaurant. There's a way out the back for sure. 100%. There's a way to get out the back. It's not the way you came in. So play the game. Find the exits. Number eight is I like this. This is from the um, the uh, Active Self Protection podcast or uh, uh, a YouTube channel. It's the rules of stupid. You have to learn the rules of stupid. I'm going to read these so I don't get them wrong. Is don't go to stupid places at stupid times with stupid people and do stupid things. What a great lesson! And I can honestly say the times where I put myself in a bad situation as a younger man is I was with stupid people at stupid times. And and I will include myself as one of those stupid people. And we were doing stupid things. You know, um, it's a really important lesson. I, uh, there is a gas station on my way home. It looks fine. Um, it doesn't look bad. It's pretty clean. I personally have been to three shootings at that gas station. Do you know where I don't go to get gas in the morning or late at night? Is that gas station. Because it's a stupid place. Because bad things happen. I don't know why that gas station has more shootings than the other gas stations, but it does. So I'm not going to put myself in a situation. You know, I live live in Metro Detroit. If I'm driving home or from my sister lives in Ohio, if I'm driving from Ohio, I I don't stop in Detroit to get gas. Now... What are the chances of something bad happening? Almost zero, but there's a much better chance if I go a little bit further north into a suburb that I won't have I won't have a problem. So I think I've got these out of order, but number 10, number 10, this is the most important one, 
is to listen to your inner voice and take action. Take action. It's really important. We are all built with an internal something's not right sensor. Like, man, man, something's not right. This does, doesn't, so, man, something's weird. And when we fail to take action on that, that's when bad things happen. I teach at the fire academy, and when I'm teaching the cadets, and I say, uh, has anybody ever seen the movie Jaws? Obviously, everyone has seen it. I said, what happens just before you get eaten by a shark? And they all know it's the music, right? You hear this music, and that's how you know. And what I want them to know is that you never get the music. In a house fire, just before something really bad happens, nothing is different than than every other house fire you've been to. It's hot, it's dark, you can't see, you know, you may be a little confused, communication is not very good, and then something bad happens. But 50 times before that, it's dark, you can't see, you're confused, it's hot, communication's bad, and nothing bad happened. It's the exact same. You need to take that sense of, man, something's not right. I'm going to change. I'm going to take action and do something and be assertive, move somewhere. If, if, you, if, you, know, if you see something, say something. Those types of things, you have to listen to that internal voice. It's really important. And I mentioned I'd give you um, a number 11, a bonus, if you will. And uh, I don't want to be stereotyping. I know there's some ladies that listen to this, um, but this is probably aimed at you because in my experience, this is a woman thing more than a man thing. When something bad happens and you're not actively involved, like you're watching something bad happen, don't scream, please. There's always, not always, many times in these situations, someone who's videotaping from 50 feet away just starts screaming as loud as they can. I just saw a guy get attacked by a shark. No one else is in the water. So a boat's going to get this guy who's being attacked by a shark. And there's a lady just screaming. That does not help anybody. I can promise you, being on literally hundreds, thousands of medical emergencies, when someone starts screaming, it makes it at least worse. <laughs> If not completely bad, chaos, we're start yelling because we can't hear over you. So don't start screaming. There's no reason. Keep it inside. Just take that stress and bottle it up and then talk to your counselor later. Um, you know, those have been 10 things. I wanted to give you some actionable steps. I know last week we talked about the medical side and, and being prepared for the medical problems. And today I wanted to give you just a, some things you can talk to your kids about, um, you can talk to your spouse about, you can start thinking. You know, being prepared, having a mindset is really, really important. Now, there's obviously tools. You could go learn how to carry a gun and shoot it and mace and all that. And I think you need to practice with that. That's why I didn't bring that up from a talking standpoint. That's something, those are tools that you need to exercise and practice. And I think, you know, it's a, we live in America and the ability to carry a gun is, is awesome. It, it is truly the equalizer. There's a saying that, uh, you know, God made men and then cult made all men equal. That could be said the same thing for women, but those things require practice and training. If you're not willing to go and practice with your gun, don't carry one. If you're not willing to practice, you know, jujitsu, don't get in a fist fight. Run away. You know, run away anyways, but if they catch you, you're, you're probably in trouble because those things you need to practice. What I mentioned today is a mindset shift. So just change your mind a little bit. Be aware. Keep your head up. Talk to your kids. We have to, we have to put this stuff into action. You know, we have to teach them. And um, these are 10 
slash 11 good things, even though I, I don't know how, I think I gave you 10 things. Somehow I missed it. I don't know how that worked, but yeah, you know, you'll, you'll figure it out. So uh, this has been Danny Dumas and this is the Earn Your Title podcast. Thank you for watching. If you want to, uh, you know, get a little more involved with what I'm doing, sign up for the 28 day Earn Your Title challenge. Uh, there'll be a link in the description. It's just, uh, it's 14 things that I do on a consistent basis or when I do them, my life is better. So find that out to the 28 day challenge and I will talk to you later. Bye.